Let us begin worship on this beautiful, beautiful fall day. Good and gracious God, we come to you today from different places in our lives. Some of us come with joy and excitement, while others of us come with worn out bodies and souls. Some of us come hopeful, while others are sad and worried. Some of us want to feel closeness and community, while others are afraid and feel distanced. But still, we come. Gather us together as one people of God, united in your love and your care. Fill us with your presence in our worship so that we may go out and spread your peace and kindness and compassion and love to all who we meet. Amen. As a sign of our unity and faith, together we remember that we have been baptized. Our baptism reminds us of the close relationships we have been called to, a relationship with God, with each other, and with our neighbor. It reminds us that without our earning it or proving ourselves useful in any way, God claims each of us, and God will continue to claim us. Today, we remember the promises that God made to each of us when we were baptized a promise that you are a beloved child of God. Together we make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now confession, it's not an easy or pleasant thing to do. We would like to think that we have been good and faithful disciples following your way. But we know in our hearts the many ways in which we have turned our backs on you and rejected your will for us. Like the people in the wilderness, we create for ourselves idols and we worship them only to discover their shallowness and emptiness in our own lives. And then we wonder what went wrong. Stop us in our tracks, O oh Lord. Help us to be open to your will for our lives. Give us the persistence and the courage to do your will and heal us from our wayward actions and attitudes. Remind us to reach out to others with the compassion, empathy, and peace. Merciful God, come to us this day with your healing power and help us again to be your disciples, offering hope and peace to a hurting and wounded world. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin here and now and receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us now confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with the power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen.
Thank you very much, Emily and Gretchen. Uh, we so appreciate your music this morning. At this time in our worship, we are going to do some kids' time. So I see that there might be a couple kids out uh, in the congregation. So if you can pop on real quick, unmute your mic, say hello to everyone. Hi. Hello. Good to see you. Hello. So today in kids' time, um, I sent uh, your parents a little, um, a little uh, document in the email on Thursday. Um, I hope you're able to get it. If not, that's okay. Um, I wanted you to draw our characters this morning for our story because we're talking about a pretty crazy story about this guy named Jonah. Uh, so if you have your drawings, I'd love to see them throughout. Um, so hopefully, hopefully you have them. If not, that's okay too. Um, <clears throat> we're going to talk about Jonah though. So Jonah is a prophet. And that means that he was called by God to go and say something kind of harsh, kind of uh, maybe a little scary uh, to, uh, to uh, some, some, some people who might not agree with him. So, uh, so we're going to go through this story, okay? It's a short story. It's only four chapters long in the Bible, and we're not going to read it. We're just going to talk about it real quick. So uh, as, I, as I call out the characters, let's see your drawings, okay? So we have God. You have God. God called Jonah and said, go to a big city called Nineveh. So Jonah, when he heard what God said, Jonah said, nope, and decided to run away. Jonah ran away from God. And Jonah ended up on a boat in the middle of the sea. And when he was there, there was a big storm. There was a big storm that came. And the sailors and Jonah, they were so scared by this big storm out in the middle of the sea. And Jonah said, I know how to stop the storm. Just throw me over the boat. Just throw me into the water and everything will be fine. And that's what the sailors did. They took Jonah, they threw him over the boat into the sea. And he and Jonah got eaten by a big fish, a big fish. 
Could you imagine being eaten by like a whale? How mu that must have felt? That must have been pretty scary. I know I would be scared if I got eaten by a big whale. That would be terrifying, right? Almost like in Finding Nemo when they get eaten by a big whale. Something like that, right? So Jonah is in the stomach of the whale, of this big fish. And God says to the big fish to spit Jonah out. And the fish does. The fish swims up to a beach and goes, bleh and throws up Jonah right on the beach. And there's Jonah just sitting on a beach covered in fish yuck, pretty gross. Well, so then God calls out to Jonah again. God says to Jonah, go to Nineveh, go to Nineveh. And this time Jonah does, Jonah goes to Nineveh. And when he gets there, he walks into the city and says, you have to say you're sorry to God because God is not happy with some of the things that you've been doing. And guess what? That's exactly what the people do. The people, they apologize. They do something called repentance. That's a big word. It means that they say that they're sorry, that they change what they were doing and they put they put all sorts of different clothes on them and they, they cover themselves with ashes like of a fire. It's a, it's a way that, that the people back then said, I'm sorry. And the people said, I'm sorry. And they even had all the animals do that too. They told all of the animals that they were going to be covered in dirt and they weren't going to eat anything or drink anything, all to tell God that they were sorry for what they were doing. And God guess what God did? This is super cool. God was angry with this city, with all the people in this city. And God, after God saw what the people did, God said, you know what? It's okay. I forgive you. And God will always forgive you. No matter what, God will always forgive you. No matter what you've done, no matter what, God will always say, it's okay. We're good. I promise we're good. And because God says that to us, then you know what God wants us to do? God wants us to go to other people and to say, hey, you and I, we're good. It's okay. We're friends. We're always going to be friends. Maybe even to say, you are so loved by all of us. Because that's what God does each and every day. Kind of a crazy story, right? I mean, Jonah runs away and gets eaten by a fish and then finally goes into this big, scary city that he's never been to, all so that God can say, we're good. We're good. I, I think it's a cool story. I think it's kind of a fun story. All right, before we move on to our uh, Bible reading and our sermon, can we fold our hands and close our eyes and bow our heads and let's pray to God together. Awesome God, we thank you for always loving us. We thank you for always forgiving us. We thank you for always giving us a second chance to do better. God, we ask you to help us to be good today. And we ask you to help us to say you're forgiven to our friends and our family and everyone who needs it. We pray all of this through Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. It was so great to see all of you. I think uh, Pastor Scott has been spotlighting uh, your videos for us. So it was so great to see all of you. Um, we're going to move into our Bible reading now. So you can go back to enjoying whatever you were enjoying. Um, and I do hope that you, of course, stick around too as we sing some more songs and as we pray together a little bit later. All right. We are going to read this morning's uh, Bible story, which comes from Jonah. Uh, we read um, the first, uh, or we talked about the first uh, couple chapters with the kids, and now we are moving on to uh, the final chapter, the fourth chapter um, of this story, and we're going to read that whole fourth chapter. So this is Jonah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. 
He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head, to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next, the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, is it better for me to die than to live? But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Eighty-two and a half hours after the final polls closed in the United States, a winner has finally been declared. Many of you may have likely been glued to the news as I have been, watching as tiny increments of votes were counted and reported, each one maybe holding a possibility of what was to come. Then, a little before 10.30 a.m. yesterday, the news broke. We have a new president. For many, this is great news. And for many others, this is anything but. A nation deeply divided, a phrase that I think has described this country for at least my entire life, if not long before. We continue to be in challenging times, something that didn't end at 10.30 a.m. yesterday. The election, of course, does not mean an end to anything. In fact, this election in particular shows us that elections are not end-all, be-all. Over the course of the past several weeks, more than 150 million people participated in our civic institutions, in our democratic process, a record. The Biden-Harris ticket is the most voted for ticket in the history of the United States. For the first time in a long time, the American electorate is actively participating. People are engaged. And whether you are rejoicing or lamenting this morning, we must all be firm in our resolve to continue to participate, to work together, to continue to make this a more perfect union for all. The election may finally be over, but the work certainly continues. When I read the Jonah story this week, I thought there's no way that I'll be able to preach this morning without referencing the election. And yet I'm not 100% sure if there's any wisdom in this story for us in this pivotal point in our history. This story is about a highly dysfunctional prophet who gets eaten by a fish in a large city that in pretty dramatic fashion repents, changing God's mind on the disaster God was to bring about. Jonah really is a pretty terrible prophet. He runs away from God, almost gets a bunch of innocent sailors killed, gets vomited up by the fish, does the absolute bare minimum of prophetic work. If you read in chapter three, 
it says that he literally takes like a couple steps into the city and says in 40 days, the city will be overturned and walks out. And then he just goes and sits outside the city, sulking and whining. Not exactly a great story of strong faith or courageousness. But as I got to the end of this very short story in the Minor Prophets section of the Old Testament, I could not help but see an important message in that final chapter, the part that, re that, that we read this morning. This final chapter is rather hilarious. Jonah is sulking outside the city because God had the audacity to change God's mind after Jonah convinced the city to repent. So Jonah is feeling used, I guess. He complains that he knew this was going to happen no matter what, and well, that's why he fled in the first place. I mean, like, if God was going to be all gracious anyway, why did Jonah even need to, go, to be a prophet and to put his life on the line? It's a fair argument, because going to Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrians, the capital of the people who have had no qualms killing Judeans just because, was not exactly on Jonah's vacation bucket list. So it's no wonder he fled. And as we hear in this fourth chapter, Jonah doesn't really want God to show grace and mercy to the Ninevites anyway. They kill Judeans. They don't live according to the commands of God. They deserve the wrath of God to come down upon them. At least that's what Jonah thinks. While Jonah sulks outside the city feeling used and apparently waiting for some show of God's wrath to start anyway, God decides to cover Jonah with a bush to shade him from the elements of the Assyrian desert. But then God kills the bush, making Jonah furious. Why does God do this? Apparently it's to teach Jonah a lesson. Let's listen again to what God says. You are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor, in which you did not grow, it came into being in a night, and it perished in a night. And should I then not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals? I want to throw in that and many animals line because the storyteller has been clear throughout the story that the cattle of Nineveh actually play an important role in the repentance of the city, though it's not entirely clear of what that role is, but there they are, many animals. God is showing Jonah why God cares about Nineveh. Jonah did nothing to make the bush appear, and Jonah cares that the bush died. So now, Jonah, imagine how God must feel, how God would feel if 120,000 of his children died. Jonah may have thought Nineveh deserved death by the wrath of God, and he was waiting for it to happen as he sat outside the city. He was hoping to relish in their defeat and destruction. And God, of course, said no. This God is a universal God who gives chance after chance to all of creation to correct behavior and to live in peace and harmony with one another. Is there a message more important to us only 24 hours removed from the call of a U.S. presidential election? Like the Judeans and the Assyrians, we are a geographical region filled with two warring factions. We have polarized our identity to be us versus them. And I think this identity has pushed us deep into a pathology of wishing to watch the other suffer. Trust has been broken, hatred has been sown, and isolation, both physical and intellectual, has only made things worse. It would be fair to do like Jonah and sit outside a metaphorical city and wait to see the wrath of God that God will bring upon our enemies. But how disappointed will we be when God instead shows grace and mercy to those we have come to hate. 
The story of Jonah is satire or hyperbole or maybe some combination of both. It shows a person of complacency and anger, of fear and probably a little bit of exhaustion. Jonah tries to run from God because God's call is too difficult to go into the heart of the enemy and bring them God's grace. It shows a person who can't get past his own emotions to participate fully in the work of God. And while no one of us may be the fullness of Jonah, I think we all might just have a bit of this in ourselves. The desire to see those we disagree with or who even wish us dead to suffer. The willingness to run away from the difficult task of walking into the heart of our enemy to bring God's grace and complacency to, fill, to fulfill what we have all been called to do. Today, I believe that God is continuing to call us. This call does not come from the Democratic nor Republican parties. It comes from the heart of Christ, the heart that was willing to sacrifice his life to make sure that all people could be in relationship with God and experience God's healing, justice, and grace. And while our civil leadership might be changing, it is still up to us, the children of God, the very body of Christ, to heal this nation and to build community amongst all. We have been born into a privilege of freedom, and we cannot abdicate the responsibility that comes with it. Our freedom is not for self-gain. It is, as Martin Luther said, to make us subject to none and yet subject to all. Being free does not only mean picking who sits in the Oval Office or who goes to Congress. It means being free to serve your neighbor. It means being free to travel to the heart of your neighbor to bring God's grace. It means uniting all people. Over the next few months, and certainly next several years, we will have many disagreements arise. There is no doubt about that. But we are called to be open to change and to repent when repentance is called upon, like the Ninevites. We are called to listen to the prophets who come among us and to try to find the voice of God through them. Yes, even prophets like Jonah. And if nothing else, if nothing else, we are being called to turn away from the pandemic of violence, from the mentality of us versus them, and that our enemies should die. Because our God cares for everyone. And we have all been made free to care for everyone too. Amen. Thank you.
Thank you so much for the beautiful music. That was awesome. And thank you, Brian, for what a great sermon of unity. And um, I really, really appreciate hearing that from you today. Um, so we just want to thank everybody for um, the gifts that you've been giving us. Um, I think we're doing okay so far. Um, and Pastor Scott's going to be talking a little bit more about, <clears throat> excuse me, about um, our pledge cards and such um, during the announcement section. So um, with that, we'll just uh, continue with the creed, um, confessing our Christian belief. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Together, we pray for all people those in our family, in our community, and in our world. After each petition, we will respond with, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. I will start um, the prayers, and then toward the end of our prayers, I'll invite you to type your own prayers in the chat, or you can unmute your mic and speak them out loud for all to hear. Let us pray. God of unity, we pray for our country after this historic election. Give the leaders of our country the ability and courage to come together for the good of all. Help them to make wise decisions, choosing unity rather than division. We pray for the well being of President Trump and President elect Joe Biden and all those newly elected officials. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of wisdom, we pray for the workers of this country that help us to live a better life, for all the volunteers who worked and are still working to count votes in this country, for all workers who are fighting COVID-19 on a daily basis, and for all scientists researching to find a vaccine. Give them strength in the days ahead to continue this important work. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of love, we pray for the poor, for the homeless, the struggling, the weary, and the worn. We pray for asylum seekers, for immigrants. We pray for veterans. We pray for those on the margins of society and those who have felt forgotten. 
Allow them to know that they are loved and they matter. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of healing, be with all those who are suffering today in body, mind, and spirit. Especially this day, we lift up to you those from Shepherd. We lift up Pat and Dan, Nancy, Kathy, Angie, Chad, Asher, Shelley, Ed, Jane, David, Greg, Ann, Tony, Marilyn, Emma, Connor, Larry, John, Bud and Shirley, Jane, Mary Lou, Mitch and Danielle. We also lift up Marcy and Tom, Maddie, Robert, Becca, Diane, Addie, Jason, Mary, Norma, Beverly, Kamla, Callie, Elissa, Dorothy, Dean, Al. And we lift all those who have been suffering from COVID-19. We also give thanksgiving for healing with Jay from back pain after surgery. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Now I invite you to unmute your mics and say a prayer or you can write something in the chat. We pray for Colin Christensen who starts basic training for the army this weekend. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for Tricia that she'll be feeling better later today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those affected by Hurricane Etta. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. This is from Brett. We pay, pray for her dad in Alabama dealing with dementia. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Um, last night in his speech in Delaware, our president-elect uh, Joe Biden really, really urged for unity across political lines. So I would like to pray that um, God gives him the strength and the moves to make it happen and um, for the hearts of every American that they can be open to understanding of those with different views than them and um, for the members of Shepherd, that God will show each and every one of us how to go forth and be the best example of that um, in our own respective ways. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we lift all of these prayers to you, trusting that you hear them even before they are ever spoken. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now if you'd like to unmute your mics, we will say the Lord's Prayer together. 
Our Father, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the Thank you so much, Emily. That was awesome. We are so blessed to have such musical talent at Shepherd. And now receive this blessing. May the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes. The love of God be reflected in your hands. The wisdom of God be reflected in your words. And the knowledge of God flow from your heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. And now for announcements, um, we have several announcements here. Um, we need you to sign up if you want to um, for the Wednesday night meal. And we need that to happen by the end of today so that we know how many meals to have. Is that correct, Kay? That was last week's. Oh, that was last week's. I had, the, I had an email or a text from you. I thought it was this week's. I'm so sorry. That's sorry about that. Okay. Forget that then. Sorry. <laughs> Bible study this Wednesday 
um, 10 o'clock, and I believe it's going to be on Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. Um, next Sunday is uh, mental, it's an important day, Mental Health Sunday, November 15th. Um, so looking forward to hearing that. We also have a Mental Health Connect um, Zoom event, and it's, it's Where Do We Go From Here? And it's on grief and COVID-19, and that's on November 17th. And if you go on our website, you can just click on that information and um, get on that Zoom call November 17th. We do have an all congregational book study um, on November 18th, and it's um, entitled How to Be an Anti-Racist. So we encourage everyone to read that book and be a part of that conversation. It's very important. Um, there is still time to put in order for wreaths, um, and that happens. You have to have it in by Tuesday, November 10th. And then the wreaths will be um, picked up. You can pick them up at Shepherd on November 21st. So that's all on our website if you want to go on there and take a look at all that. Um, and then, Pastor Scott, did you want to talk about um, the pledge cards and how we're doing? Yep, sorry about my delay there. Uh, I just thought um, we've received uh, 71 promises for just about 345,000, which is about right on track for where we usually are at this point. We've got about 30 or 40 more households left to make promises. So if you haven't done so yet, we would love it if you were to uh, send those in, that would be great. And uh, thank you to everyone who did make promises. We are very, very grateful. And we'll have a financial update um, just about how we're doing so far uh, next week or the following. We're still getting, of course, the books closed um, from October. So just thanks to everyone who made promises. And if you haven't yet, we'd love to have your promises turned in as soon as you can. Thanks. And then, um... Deacon Brian, you have an announcement that you would like to make. I do, yes. Thank you so much, Pastor Sherry. Uh, people of Shepherd, I come to you today with an important announcement. After months of prayer and conversation, I have decided that the time has uh, early, uh, but has, has come to leave professional ministry and resign from Shepherd at the end of December 2020. I've come to this decision based on uh, some personal matters uh, that, that have arisen for me over the past year uh, and a call to a new adventure in my life. Over the past five years since I've been here, I've enjoyed every moment of being a part of this family. I'm so grateful for the many ways that each of you have embraced me and supported me through some incredibly difficult times. It has been an honor to spend time with your kids and to watch them grow and embrace their God-created selves. Of course, I also have to say thank you to the staff. I have learned so much from each of you and have immensely valued our friendship and every conversation. Over the next several months, I will be working with my parents to begin working with them full-time, selling our lavender products to stores around the country. I will remain living in Mound in my house with Jurgen and we are looking forward to having our products and stores across Minnesota and across the US. I am so grateful for the opportunity to be in this community with you. And I, of course, continue to pray for each of you going forward. I thank you so much for everything. Thank you. So we are, of course, uh, very proud of Brian and his time in ministry with us. And we are, of course, also deeply sad and excited for Brian all at the same time. Um, we will find a way to even socially appropriately distance, celebrate, and give thanks for Brian somehow as a community in the weeks to come. Uh, but I also just want to encourage you to say thank you to Brian for his five plus years of ministry with us and his time with our kids. We will miss Brian very, very much on staff, but we also know that God has good things in store for Brian and his family. So if you want to, please feel free to unmute and say a word of thanks to Brian, but know that there are going to be plenty of opportunities to do this in the days and weeks ahead of us. So Brian, on behalf of all of us on staff, we are so grateful for you. We are going to miss you, but we also wish you Godspeed in all of your next adventures. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank, thank you, Brian, for your service and your help. Thank you. Brian, you have been God's gift to us.
Thank you, Brian. You're wonderful. Thank you all so much for your kind words. What are we going to do without you <laughs> in so many ways? Thanks for everything, Brian. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Okay, Mom. Thank you, Brian, for your service. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for your service. Thank you for helping me. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Having wonderful service on Sunday. You will be missed, Brian. Thank you. And best wishes in your new adventure. Any chance of getting him back again? <laughs> we love you, Brian. Thank you. So we love you and thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you, Brian. You'll be greatly missed. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Great job. You've been just a, a real blessing to the congregation. Thank you. You did a good job. Thank you, Lily, for the win. <laughs> good yes. You've been a blessing to us here at Shepherd. Brian, your talents are many, and you're going to be missed. Sorry to see you go. Thank you so much. Good luck. I appreciate all of your kind words. Um, it's incredibly bittersweet. Um, <laughs> it's definitely been a dream for sure. Um, and uh, I am so incredibly grateful for all of you and wish all of you the best. And uh, looking forward to this new adventure with my family, um, selling lavender products of all things, um, <laughs> something none of us thought that we would be doing. Um, but God does weird things, I'm telling you. Jonah is an example of anything. It's that God does weird things. So um, I am incredibly grateful. I, I am overwhelmed. Thank you. Will you send out a link to uh, the shop in the next newsletter? <laughs> sure. uh, we're hoping to get in Target and Walmart and all the local gas stations and, and you know, grocery stores. So, hey, we'll be all over the place. All right. So much, Brian. No, nobody can buy any lavender for Brian because we want him unemployed so he comes back. So, <laughs> any <problem> whatsoever. You're <laughs> devious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, with that, let's do a benediction. <sighs> Go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage. Hold fast that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor everyone. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the blessing of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.